In 1871, Eugène Potier wrote the lyrics to the Internationale. He was, of course, writing for the members of the Paris Commune, but with the words, this is a final struggle, let's group together and tomorrow the Internationale will be the human race, he could have been talking about the power of anything to bring people together at a time of crisis, not simply the working class in their struggle against capitalism. During the recent global coronavirus pandemic, I, along with many others, have found solace in the game of Subutio, and through the growing online community of players, collectors, stadium builders and painters, made connections with like-minded enthusiasts far beyond these shores. In this episode of Finger Flipping Good, we'll temporarily leave the Brexit-obsessed UK behind and once again link hands across the sea with our European and Australian contributors to find out about the state of Subutio in these regions. We'll find out if the game is a preserve of British exiles abroad or whether it has a future amongst homegrown players who are beginning to discover the appeal of the great game, much in the same way they discovered its parent game, football. All that and more coming up in this episode of Finger Flicking Good. Keep listening. To me, Subutio, like Cluedo, is a quintessentially British game. Based as it is, on a sport which we exported to the rest of the world. That's why I'm intrigued as to its appeal to people who didn't grow up in the UK after the Second World War. What is it about the game that makes people play it in Germany, Holland, Denmark, the United States, Canada and Australia, to name just a few of its current outposts? Even this podcast, for example, has listeners in countries as diverse as Iran and Singapore. Fred Elishbau lectures at the University of Hanover in Germany. I asked him how he first heard about Subutio. Uh, basically through uh, British culture, more specifically uh, British uh, punk rock. I was visiting a friend of mine in Berlin and he's a big, big uh, Undertones fan. And he was the first guy who showed me the uh, my my perfect cousin single. And I look at the cover and say, what, what, what this this figure and then when I got introduced into Subutio because I heard the, the, the tune before but I never paid attention on the line about Subutio only when I saw the, uh, when I seen the image of that single I figured out oh uh, there, there is there is something behind that song that was more than just punk rock there was there was a game behind and that's what I found out about Subutio of course just hearing about the game was never going to be enough for someone as inquisitive as Fred. Here, he describes how he got into playing this version of table football, even though there was already a dominant homegrown variant. Uh, I start quite late because I'm not a regional uh, uh player. In Germany, we play tip kick, which is a German version of table football game, which is quite older than Subudio. His first patent of tip kick is 1921. 
if you consider all the generations of Cebu, like New Futi, it's 1929. Peter Adolf just got his patent in 1946. So Tipkick has a, a, a longer traditional in, tradition in Germany. So I'm originally a Tipkick player. I'm, I'm also official member of the Tipkick FA. I still play in, in my club. My club also has a, a Tipkick uh, team. But through punk rock a couple of years ago, I found out, oh, there is a, a British version which is played all over the world, not just in the German-speaking world like Tipkick. Tipkick is just in the German-speaking world between uh, Germany, uh, a couple of clubs in, in, in Switzerland, and a couple of players from Austria, and pretty much it. When I saw that, when I seen that Subudio, it's played all around the world, and especially in Europe, I was like, ooh, I can, I can travel with, table, with a table uh, football game. And, and then when I got into Subudio. On hearing this, I immediately thought about Striker. So I asked Fred if this was a fair comparison. Yeah, I've seen, I've heard about it. Uh, the, the only difference is that Striker is all plastic figures. And Tipkick, you have German engineering in build inside, which is basically um, a figure made of all metal, which is a sink figure. And if you play like on the professional level, like with the top players around Germany, your legs are made of steel. So you have the same technology that you build a gun uh, introduced into the figure. So the shots are very, very precise. Striker, I try a, a little bit to, as a uh, table football consigneur, try all these different variants of table football around the world. I, 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 I try them all. I, I'm quite curious about football culture in general. And it's all plastic, so it's not really a, a precise game. You cannot really control the ball. In tip kick, it's, you basically have a gun in your hand. Originally from Northern Ireland, Simon Stewart, who is on Twitter as Subutio Podjov, now lives in Hamburg. But back in Northern Ireland, he was a regular player of the game, eventually representing his country at the Subutio World Cup. On arrival in Germany, he expected his playing time to be non-existent. Then something strange occurred. Here's Simon explaining how difficult it was for him to get hold of Subutio products in Germany and how they suddenly came back into his life in the most unlikely of ways. It's not, I guess it's, it's not been easy at all. Uh, but weirdly, very strangely, on my first weekend here, I went to a flea market and about the second or third stall I went to, I seen a Subutio team sat on the flea market now they were all heavyweight figures half of them were red five red five blue arms missing uh so i seen this and then the, the next really weird thing was i picked up the box and the label on it was balamini united which is my team in northern ireland uh so i had to buy it straight, i had to buy the, the box i had to buy it for the box straight away it's an old like spain 82 style box as well that sort of horizontal style which again is coming from Northern Ireland, Spain 82 is a big link as well. So seeing this Balamina, Balamina label on a box straight away, but since then, that was my first weekend here, since then I have not seen a single Subutio thing. Fortunately for Simon, he soon discovered that he could use his connections in the game to rekindle his love by joining a local club. Here he describes how he came to be a regular at a local Subutio club in Hamburg. Yeah, the the Subutio Club at St Pauli they hold an annual tournament. Well, they hold it. Uh, they hold a little wasp every month, but uh, at, uh, usually the first or second week of March every year they hold a, a bigger tournament. 
uh, where they invite people from wherever all over. I, I came from Ireland. The same year I went, there was a couple of English guys came over uh, all over Germany, Denmark. There's strong Denmark contingent. So I came for that. It was my first trip to Hamburg and met the lads at the club. And it was a great tournament. It was one of those sort of friendly Wasper tournaments with no referees. And the club's very sort of open and friendly as well. So it's, it's just a it's just a great tournament. And you, you, it's played in a Swiss ladder system because we don't have the biggest venue. So it's it's brilliant. I have to say it's a, it's a fantastic club to, to come and play for. I'm re- I'm, and I'm really proud, I have to say, to play for St. Pauli as well. Kevin Halliday, who you might remember from Series 1 of the podcast, was born in Scotland but emigrated to Australia's Sunshine Coast a number of years ago. A recent returner to the game as both a player and a painter, here he explains that the biggest issue facing people like him on the other side of the world is something that we here in Europe tend to take a little for granted. Uh, the the products as far as paints and things are are pretty pretty easy to get a hold of, especially you know with the internet at the minute, Amazon, eBay, whatever. So you can you can buy your paints pretty readily um, any hobby shop. Uh, you know, I've got a place an hour away. So any major city in Australia will have that um, support. Uh, so paint-wise, fine. It's the actual your products that you struggle to, to get. You've got to go overseas for, for all of it. There's nothing here. Nothing's made here. There's very little stock in here. I think the only thing that's stock in here is there's a guy in... Um, there's a guy in Sydney that stock holds some extreme pitches and things. Um, but that's about it as far as what you can get. I know Steve Detre, who's the FISFA president, um, he holds some sets and some. he brings in some bases every now and again and he, he will hold some stuff. Um, so you can contact him and, and get some some stuff direct for him. But if you're looking for specific Zabutio stuff, um, you've got to go overseas. It's as simple as that. There's just nothing here. Given the rise in popularity of the game during the global coronavirus pandemic, it's surprising that no one in Australia has considered importing the products from Europe. I asked Kev if he knew of an equivalent in Australia of Subutio World, a company with strong links to both Subutio and other manufacturers such as Hugo. I was surprised, but on sober reflection, his answer made sense. Uh, not as not that I'm aware of, um, and I, I look all the time, and there's guys around me that look. Um, I think Steve's the only one that sort of does any of that, along with whoever his affiliates with the extreme work stuff. Um, uh, Steve, when I first started out, we were just going into a lockdown, so I managed to get a pitch um, sent up. And Steve sent me up a. They were doing Australian Table Football Association sets, which were, I think there was Zwego, Zwego sets rebranded, um, with a, a label for the Australian Table Football Association. So that got me started. Um, so he he's trying to do a little bit, I think, down there, trying to build up a little bit of a, a, a stock. But again, any of the sort of two, two if you're into painting getting 2k4 players you've, you've got to buy it in bulk so therefore you've got to get it from overseas there's nobody stocking that kind of stuff here um, 
bases, they cost a lot of money. So stocking bases, and because everybody wants all these different colours, it's a bit risky because you end up with just a pile of stuff that you might have a lot of, a few people wanting certain colours and then you end up with a whole bunch of stuff that really nobody's after. And I'm not really sure, I haven't met everybody yet or, or seen everybody yet that's that's into Sabutio and, and who actually does the painting. Um, Brisbane's very lucky. We've got one of the best painters around in Pino um, and he's the only one that I'm sort of actively actively know that does any of the painting in in Australia. Even living somewhere as close to the UK as Germany, the problems of supply can be huge. But it's not just difficulty in getting the products that's a problem. Here's Fred Ellishbeil again explaining how Tipkick has helped to keep Sabutio out of the German market. Quite difficult because, as I told you before, the... Um, the main table football game here in Germany is still Tipkick. It's the longest. Uh, the Tipkick FA has 10 times more members than the Subutio FA. Even though the Subutio FA here in Germany is quite old, the DSDFA was, was founded in 1961, but still never got the same numbers of membership as, as, as the Tipkick uh, FA. So it's quite difficult because it was was it's, it's not really um, advertised as a toy game or or as a table football game in the stores. You have to import it everything. So I have to call members of the Subutio FA for for material from the pitches to the goalies to the bases everything because nothing is actually produced here in Germany. In Germany, the production is basically focused only on tip kick, unfortunately. But it's not just getting your hands on the equipment to play the game that can be a problem for Subutio enthusiasts outside of its traditional strongholds. As I said earlier, Subutio to me is quintessentially British. I was therefore interested to find out what brand recognition would be like outside the borders of the UK given that Sabutio did quite a lot to try and break into the European market and the former British Dominions in the 1960s and 70s. Here's Simon Stewart again on Sabutio's lack of cultural iconography within Germany. Yeah, I think, and I think in, in Britain and Ireland as well, as soon as, as, soon as you mention Sabutio to anyone who's into football anyway, you know, it, it's, there's an automatic link there. There's an, you know, everyone remembers it or they remember someone maybe their father i guess because it's a new generation now their dad haven't played it or so everybody knows about it and i think it, in, in in the uk and ireland it is a it is a cultural icon you know and i think it's really managed to hold that and you see i think that's partly why it's also resurging during these lockdown times or people are going back and find it but it is you know it is something you mentioned i hear it mentioned the odd time as well i listened to off the ball on the on on my BBC Sounds app, which is a Scottish football podcast from the BBC, and they mention it the odd time, although they're both not fans of it from what I remember. But people will will know about it and will hear it. And interestingly, going back to the last question as well, I was watching the sports show here, which is sort of like a a sports show in the evening, and one of the co presenters last week was wearing a just flick the kick T shirt, which really surprised me. I, I had to pause the TV and take a picture and send it to my friends. So I guess 
when people talk about football and they talk about sort of recreating football and football games, Sabudio is the number one. But it's not it's not like that here. They have another table football game here in Germany called uh, Tip Kick, which is a bit different. If you, maybe some of your listeners could go online and check that out. Uh, but I I've never played Tip Kick, uh, though I do have a friend who plays Tip Kick and Sabudio. He loves it. Uh, but that might be the, but that that's their big table football game when 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 Germans talk about maybe their childhood and playing football games, tip kicks really the one, but not so good. And it's this lack of cultural iconography as well as the dominance of tip kick that makes finding people to play with the biggest challenge facing the growth of the game in Germany. Here's Fred Elishbau again on what he considers will be the main problem facing his continued interest in the game. I think find players, because if you ask an average kid in, in the German street if they know table football, it's going to be quite difficult because the focus now is only electronics. But there are a few kids uh, and young players who coming into uh, table football, they go through tip kick because that's what their first, first contact is. So Sabutio is it's more like a romantic <clears throat> curiosity that arrives later and when because they arrive later you're going to have older players or more experienced players or players with what we call in germany immigration background which which they're basically expats from different countries who have a better base on the game like for example the italians or the greeks like yesterday i I had a great uh, training session with one of our hanover players which which is from greece so he grew up with the game which uh nobody unfortunately here in germany can do anymore that's i think our biggest challenge here in germany a romantic curiosity it's such a great way to describe our beloved game and it goes some way to explain sabutio's popularity in countries outside of the uk with what can only be described as hipsters and opinion formers down under i expected to discover that brand recognition for sabutio amongst australians was bigger Kev Halliday soon put me straight on that point. Uh, if they were British, yes, I have asked the odd guy that comes into our shop or if I meet someone out um, and I hear the accent and we get chatting a little bit, I might drop it into a conversation and see where they're at to see if they remember it and stuff like that. And if they do remember it, then I'll drop in and say, oh, we're, you know, we're still playing. Um, but if you mentioned it to an Aussie uh, they wouldn't have a clue what you were talking about. I mean, there's a few guys in uh, like Sydney, Melbourne. They're all they're a, they're a bit older. There's a few Aussies sort of down that way that that did start up. I think they were back in the seventies and and they've kept kind of going as well. So maybe we can sort of tie up and get those guys. Um, get a bit of a chat with those guys as well about the playing thing because I, I have seen Steve Steve Detry especially post some really old photos every now and again of back in the 70s and 80s. I'm not sure about the backgrounds. There's a lot of British in in the clubs, um, but I'm not. I'm just not sure about who who would be Australian and and know it from back then still playing now. Um, I, I know a lot. Of, the mm. guys, all the guys in our club, I think. Just trying to think, they're all European. I think there's a, we've got an Italian, and the rest are UK um, in our club. 
So I think that, that and, and that's just one area, and that shows you the depths of of what we've got. We I've tried to get some friends in that into it as well, um, Aussies, but unless you've got unless you're really into football or soccer, um, it's quite difficult. I even tried to introduce it to the guys I was playing football with, and we sort of um, when we got a bit old and stopped playing, but the interest wasn't really there because they didn't have that knowledge of what it was in the past. Um, so the interest to, to get into it just wasn't there. And there's the rub. Growing a table soccer game like Sibutio in countries like Australia, New Zealand, North America will always prove difficult given that the deeply entrenched culture of professional football is just not there. Perhaps that's why the future of the game beyond the current generation seems brighter in mainland Europe than it does in the former British colonies. Fred Ellisbau feels that Germany, like other countries with no legacy of the game, is playing catch-up with the rest of Europe when it comes to Subutio. And, and that happens in almost every culture. If you if you analyse, like, as a player, I'm, I'm basically a, I'm a Subutio player, uh, the big nations in Subutio uh, it's the it's basically the the nations who grow up with the game so they have a, a better a, a bigger base like Italy Greece uh, Belgium they all grew up with the game uh, in the 60s in the 70s in the 80s and so on uh, the nations who didn't have that uh, startup didn't have that uh, comparative advantage like Germany we have we have we have to compensate we have to go around cut some corners to find the game and the materials. So it happens, for example, uh, in other nations too. Like in Brazil, they grow up with button football. Or in Hungary, they grow up with sector ball. So it's going to be difficult for those nations to to find Subudio players because they have to cut uh, the corners to find the materials, to find the game, find places to train. And also to get better as players, you have to find good players. So you have to travel more you have to yeah you have to have a league a strong league with with players with experience so you can learn stuff so that it, it's it's a big challenge if you don't grow up with the game despite not growing up playing the game fred believes that there's something in the german psyche that will ensure the game survival into the future add to that the fact that germany is a progressive society with a growing immigrant population and the recipe for success is definitely there. Um, Germans are, uh, Germans are, there, there's an old saying in Germany that Germany is the, is the nation of uh, philosophers and poets. That, that's, I think, I think there is, when Germans play the game, they, they, they think as, as a philosophy, as, as a poet, it's almost like a lifestyle. And the people who are uh, coming, to the game now, especially if it doesn't matter if it's, it's the professional fits circuit or the non-league VASPA circuit, they are very enthusiastic. They they they're curious about it. They think about a lot about the game. They research a lot about the game. They they travel. Germans travel a lot. They will, yeah, and and I think that's the biggest advantage that we can uh, cut the corners because we. Unfortunately, most of us didn't grow up with with the game. So, yeah, I, I see a, a a better future for Germany. Like, for example, 
we actually broke some glass ceilings. Like, for example, in, in 2018, we elect the first woman as president of our Suburio FA. That never happened before in, in the world. Everybody is just basically an old white people's game, right? And in Germany, we broke that. Like most, our president is a woman. Uh, most of our players uh, have immigration background. And, and I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about the, the, the future of the game in Germany. We just need to, yeah, if we had the same players pool that Tipkick has, for instance, so Germany would be a really, really big uh, Subudio nation like Italy or Belgium or Spain because we would have the comparative advantage. But let's hear what a relatively recent arrival in Germany thinks. Here's Simon Sure again on the current state of the game in Germany and the enthusiasm he thinks there is for the game within that country. Uh, I would suggest not a lot of people know about it. On our club t-shirts, we have the slogan, uh, Subudio, no one knows it, we don't care. And I think that kind of sums up uh, how it is here. But having said, I think the general population, it's probably not well known or known at all. Uh, I've met a couple of guys, I work with a guy who's really into games and sort of antique games. He had heard of it and he knew a little bit about it. But in terms of the Subudio scene, I mean, it is quite strong here. I went to the Berlin Open uh, or the Berlin Grand Prix last year before Corona and that. Uh, and I don't know how many people they had there, over 60, I think, from all across Europe. But there was a strong German contingent and there is strong German clubs and their organisational structure is very good here as well. They hold national championships, they hold team championships. So from a playing point of view, I think it, it is quite strong. But from a general sort of knowledge and the population, no, not, not too many people actually really, really know about it. As you can see there, Simon's admiration for the German's organisational structure is clear. But what does he think about the game's future? I think I think so. I think because of their organisational structure, I think they, they're probably better placed than, dare I say, we are in the UK and Ireland. They... The Berlin Club actually do some really good work. They they sort of operate out of a youth club. So when I went and played there last year, they they did have young people playing. I'm talking about people in their in their mid to late teens, and some of them were pretty good. I refereed one of their games, uh, and they were really good. So there is another generation coming through, and I think what happens as well is, and I think we can when we all look back at our own Sabudu experiences, once you hit. I don't know, 16, 17, 18, people move away from it. And that's probably the case here in Germany as well with the ones that do play. But maybe a few years later, maybe in their late 20s, 10 years or after that, after they've had their, 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 their party time, I guess, they'll maybe go back to it. So I think, And I think that's the way Sabudi is going to go, to be honest. I don't think there'll be too many players that play straight through. Maybe with the exception, of course, there's always exceptions. But I think generally it'll come in waves like that. So... I think they're fairly well placed. They have a good structure here as well. They've good competitions, so that encourages people to come and play. So, yeah, I, th I think they're not badly set for, for a national association. The Chinese have a curse. It goes like this. May you find yourself in interesting times. These are interesting times indeed. And for months now, 
The global coronavirus pandemic has starved people around the world of meaningful human contact other than with their closest family members. In the absence of normality, many have retreated to childhood hobbies and the Sabutio community has been no different in this respect. Despite this, our contributors all recognised what it was that drew them to the game in the first place and kept them there. It was playing. For Kevin Halliday in Australia, painting teams gives him a lot of pleasure, but for him, it's the playing side that made him come back to the game after a long absence. My main sort of thing was to be to play, you know, to to find even one person to play, because you only really need one person to play against. Um, so if I can keep playing, that would that would be the my biggest thing. Um, finding the painting has added a whole other chapter to that because it it, it means I don't need to go looking to play all the time. I don't need to be seeking anyone out um, to play. The painting gives me a lot of joy um, and it, it gives me that interaction in the, in the Siberia. Um, but I really love playing um, and it's why I took it up um, because it is a, it's, it's an interaction with someone else, you know, have a beer, have a bit of crack um, talk about old football games and whatever you want to talk about. So going into the future, I think if I can keep doing the painting, that will that will keep my interest alive enough. But as long as everybody else keeps playing, then I want to be playing as much as I can as well. Given the sheer size of Australia, Kevin knows how lucky he is to have someone to play against. When I I'm very lucky to have a guy down the road. I mean, the you know the the scale of Australia and even Queensland and even just the Sunshine Coast is massive area, and I'm very fortunate to have a guy just five minutes down the road from me. So um, we contact each other quite regularly. We played on Saturday there, um, getting down there and just having a few beers and. Um, a few a few games because we can have six or seven games uh, a night and the the it kind of the time just runs along you know it's great you leave there about ten eleven o'clock at night sometimes because you're just getting too into it and it's good you take I'll take half a dozen teams as well so you're not just playing as the one team I'll drag out half a dozen teams and change them every every time we're playing as well just to just to mix it up a wee bit. Back in Germany. Fred Ellishbaugh feels that for him, playing Sabutio has led to friendships, not just with people in his own local area, but also a little further afield. Here he is describing what playing Sabutio has given him on a personal level. Making friends, I think that's the biggest uh, advantage of table football. Like, uh, I'm, I'm nothing against electronics. I've, I also work with electronics all the time. I work especially in these pandemic times that we all do in home office. But the, the biggest advantage of playing table football and fo- football culture in general is that in normal times, it's an excuse to get out of your house, do something analogical, meet a real person, play a game, and then talk about something else after that. So my biggest friends that I have uh, in Germany and all around Europe, I, I, I basically met it at the table a football game like Subudio. Like uh, one of my best friends now in Subudio 
is David Bush from 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 Vienna, and the guy is an opera singer in in Vienna, and I'm a, just an academic in Hanover. In in what world can I meet an opera singer <laughs> in real life? Only Subutio could uh, build that bridge, and now. Every summer he comes to Hanover for training. Uh, he comes to my house. It, it's 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 a, it's the biggest advantage, like making friends all over Europe, all over the world. Only only I think a table football game like Subudio can provide you. For Kev Halliday, like Fred, playing Subutio is much more than just a game. He can connect with people playing games online, but Subutio has given him much much more. It's it's more about to me, it's more about just that interaction with someone else and that physicality of it. You know, I remember sitting and sitting with a mate, having a beer, playing PlayStation, and just putting the controller down, thinking, "I need something else. I need something that has a little bit more of a physical nature to it, rather than this just digital age we're in." And having the physical nature of the players, you know, the table. The actual skill involved with flicking the players around, um, you know, you're you're walking around the table, bumping at each other, pushing each other around, and stuff. So, it's that whole physical side of it is is something that I seek out as well. But I'll leave the last word to Fred, who sums up perfectly the magic of Subutio and the wider Subutio community. We are, we are too, if we just stay at home playing video games like FIFA, uh, for me, it's just a dystopia. We have to meet each other. Like uh, I, I, in Scotland, Garrett, for example, who I bought a lot of material from, from, his, from his store, I, I'm, I'm looking forward for after this pandemic, we can actually meet uh, in a real tournament and I, I would be able to play against him. And and then if he wins or if he loses, we, we can talk about it and and find out about how is his life in Dundee and he can ask me how is, is my life in Hanover in Germany. And it's an opportunity to, to make a friend outside to just some algorithms on Twitter or on Facebook or YouTube. It's, it's, it's a real, uh, th there is a, a sentence that I'm, I'm basically, I'm gonna, I'm gonna print and put in my, in my training, uh, uh, yeah, man cave from Martin Hall Bradley from, 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 from Derry City. He, he likes to say, it's a game for playing and it's a player's game. Because I know that in Subudio, it's, it's a very rich culture that you have players, collectors, artists, romantics, constructors of stadiums. Like you, you interview them all in your podcast, which is I'm grateful. Listen, but in the end of the day, uh, Bradley is right. It's it's a game for playing. Everything you do should be to, to play. And when you play, you actually meet real people. And that's, I think, that's the biggest profit that you can have as a Subudio player or a Subudio enthusiastic. It's not just to collect. I, I don't see, I don't see the drill or, or, or the, or, I don't see the effort of collecting, 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 and just stay in your home or posting somewhere. If you don't put in a museum and meet, and meet in real people, I don't, I don't see the point. That's why I, I'm, I'm just a player. With that last comment. I think Fred's being just a little disingenuous. He's not just a player. 
He's a member of an ever-increasing community of players, collectors, stadium builders and team painters that together represent the enthusiasm for a game that has stood the test of time and one that continues to grow in the face of serious digital competition from games such as FIFA. As he said in that last excerpt, Sabutio is a game for playing and it's a player's game. And when it comes down to it, he's right. Sabutio is a game. But at the same time, to those involved in the community, it's also more than a game. It's a means of communication with like-minded people and a way of bringing us together at a time when both an invisible virus and a divided society are threatening to keep us apart. In the next episode, we'll be looking at Sabutio as an addiction. Are you addicted to flicks? If so, how do you know? And what does being obsessed with a game look like? And what are the highs and lows that are involved in feeding this obsession? So if you don't want to miss the show, then subscribe to Finger Flicking Good on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finger Flicking Good is an airtime production. It's written and presented by me, Derek Ayer, with contributions from Fred Ellisbau, Kevin Halliday and Simon Stewart. The theme music is Drive. It's written and produced specially for the programme by Campbell Ayer of The Creature Appeal. Check them out on Apple Music, Amazon Music and Spotify.